friggin' motivators, man. 8 p.m. on the 7th or 8th, friggin' Monday, October 8th, some shit, right? Listen, it was a good day. Remember this morning, I uh, went on a little bit of daily affirmation mode. Got to do that shit on a Monday, man. You got to get your act together because Monday is coming to clobber you. It is a demon that you must kill. And if you are successful, you're going to have a great day. You just got to be prepared for the contingency that shit's going to go haywire. You got to be prepared that there will be obstacles in your path. And some miserable freaking mopey fuckers when it's a overcast Monday. It's the way way this feces goes. Alright? It's the way the feces flows. It's 8 p.m. Tired. Been in the office all day, but it's rewarding. People that you meet on the adjustment table and their stories and their just love them all. I really, I guess I spend, some of them probably real, real anuses, but I, I don't give them, I'm making them feel good, right? So they're always going to be nice to me. We have a great relationship. We, we talk about our weekend and our goals for the week and whatever amuses us. We spin yarns, we tell freaking tales, <clears throat> talk about our families and our goals and our dreams and aspirations and, and all that stuff give them a nice adjustment, send them on their way with a smile. That positive experience, I hope they do come again, tell their friends, trying to make people feel better, move better, think better. So, um, let's talk about our nemeses, our nemesis. You ever have somebody throughout your life that you just fucking hate? You just rub that, you, you are, uh, you're the anti-hero, you know, that person that wronged you or your your school, high school bully or that, you know, kid on the friggin' football team that taped your ass cheeks together with duct tape or gave you a wedgie or stole your girlfriend or ridiculed you and knocked your books out of your hand in the, in the hallways. You know, this high school was a long time ago, uh, but... All this shit happened to us, right? Getting a fight, calling somebody a name, comes back to you, jockeying for position, trying to find your place in this world, whether you're uh, a boy or a girl. These are the slings and arrows of adolescence. We talk like they're decades ago, which in my case they were, but uh, you stay with you. These, these memories stay with you quite a bit, you know. I remember some, you know, when I was in high school, I was a freshman. And, no, eighth, let's go back to 8th grade. I was on the wrestling squad, and I was, you know, maybe wrestled for a year. I was a late bloomer, get out there, and 7th you know, grade I started, I sucked. 8th grade I go up there, I was getting a little bit better, and there was this kid from, I think it was Manchester High School or Jackson, and he just freaking pummeled me, man. I went out there, and like 10 seconds I was on my back pinned. Just didn't have the technique nor the strength that he had. Um, and later that year, I ran into the guy again at a tournament. I had improved my skills. And I actually, I freaking was beating his ass all the way into the third period. And I freaking had him on his back. I'm getting back points. I'm winning handily by points, feeling freaking masculine, doing all kinds of trick moves and showing off my skill set against my longtime enemy. 
I remember I, I, I had a chalk a cork board in my my room, and I wrote the guy's name, and his name was Garino, Garino, Rob Garino, or something like that. Rob Garino, if you're friggin' still alive and well, kiss my ass, you fuck. I could have beat your ass if I had stayed in the game. So anyway, I take him to the third period in this tournament. <clears throat> I friggin' gassed. At the last 10 seconds, he just freaking folded me up, and that was it. I got pinned again after really dominating him, showing well. You know, so just a freaking nemesis, man. But I earned his respect. I felt good about having improved my skills and getting stronger and more proficient as a wrestler. I remember I had this, this cork board, and it said, Garino you go, is going down, or die, Garino. And I, like, stabbed it with a pen or something like that. And all the cork had fallen out of that just, it seemed like it was the big, you know, the real demon that I needed to kill, like a real struggle for me with this guy. He wasn't a bully, but he was clearly a superior male at a time when I was trying to find my place in the pecking order. Years go by, you know, freaking, they used to call me the popsicle head when I was in high school because I had this freaking gigantic head and a tiny little skinny body. And my goal was to show them my dad was a big guy, and I was hitting the weights and eating like a freaking monster. So I quickly bulked up, and then people didn't want to mess with me anymore. Um, I worked very hard obtaining the skills, um, the way of the warrior, essentially. It's why I joined the Marines, and I wanted to test myself, wanted to be strong, wanted to be uh, an, alpha, an alpha male. And I am, you know. Learn how to fight, learn how to run, learn how to suffer out there. Um live on the ground, carry a rifle, go kill bad guys. I did all that training. Thankfully, I served in peacetime, never had to go off and, and kill anybody, but you know, I, I'm proud of having served anyway. So, but I, I ran across bullies, even when I was in the Corps, man. It's freaking crazy pecking water. You better be fast, you better be strong, all right? You better be smart. If you got a freaking big nose, people are going to call you freaking clinger. If you got a little dick, people are going to call you little dick. You know, and all of you, you're living in a squad bay or a barracks full of males, freaking raging with testosterone, looking to test themselves around every corner, constantly trying to come over, come up on top, competing in everything. And so I sought out this environment and I succeeded in it, but I, you know, I got my ass kicked too. There's always somebody bigger, better, stronger. Tell you one quick story as I'm heading home. We were on floats, six months out in the Mediterranean, floating around. <clears throat> you know, just on, on the contingency that we would be needed. Uh, you know, a thousand Marines would be needed. We were floating around out there looking for, you know, a potential fight. We never called one. I think there, I was in and around the same time that Bosnia was was happening. I remember. There was a pilot or something who was shot down, and somebody from my time, during the time that I was serving, happened to be floating around at that moment, did go in and, and, and rescue them. It wasn't anybody from my unit, but um, I got shot down over Bosnia there. Time plays tricks on you, too, so that could have been like a decade before or after I served. I have no fucking idea, but I never got close to combat. We're floating around out there pulling into ports. You pull into ports, pull into Spain, pull into Israel, pull into Greece, pull into Australia, um, 
no, Australia, uh, for again, different, different deployment, uh, pull into Morocco, pull into France, you stop in there, you train, go out in the freaking woods and run around the terrain, suffer a little bit, dig holes, fill them back in, shoot rounds, uh, train, you know, hand to hand with the other, other, uh, forces from that country. And that was cool. And a lot lot of times sucked. And then you also get some liberty. So some opportunities to go out in town. And essentially, you're 18, 19 years of age. You're going out to get friggin' hammered and to get laid. This is what you do. You know, this is what you're looking for at this point in time in your life. Now, I wasn't really much going out to get laid, for for going out and getting laid. I wasn't down for that because I was basically uh, betrothed to my high school sweetheart. It's going to be she and I forever, together. Forever! And that shit didn't pan out, right? She shot me a Dear John later about halfway through the deployment, screwing around with my buddies at home. She's a dirty, filthy whore. But, uh, you know, it was a valuable lesson, hard, hard time that I learned there. And I was, I found out about that, and I was freaking done with this shit. I'm going out to tear the town up. But I'm still kind of a freaking wallflower, man. I, I don't want to go out and raise any hell. I want to freaking drink. We got off that ship. We hadn't had a drop in two weeks. First stop is Rota, Spain. All right, talk about bullies. Talk about a nemesis. I would go out on liberty with my butts, hit the bars, <clears throat> freaking ready to pound beers and you don't meet the ladies and all that shit. First stop, first bar is this, you know, obviously a Spanish bar. Looked like it was uh, military uh, Marines or sailors actually working in the bar as bartenders. So I pull up a seat and I am sipping on my first Budweiser. It was a full 16-ounce Bud bottle. And I'm just sipping on that bar wasn't, there wasn't a shitload of people in there, but there was some, they were all military, all Marines, guys from my float, you know, that's, like I said, there were maybe a thousand guys in that float, so I'm taking a sip, first few drags off of my, my bottle there, and let me tell you, haven't, haven't, having had not drank in a couple weeks, I was pretty, you know, feeling a little bit loopy, even with a half a bottle under my belt, I noticed that there were some guys from my ship, hanging out there, and uh, some Marines I knew, and some some of the guys from the Force Recon uh, detachment were there, they were badasses, like friggin' alpha male, alpha alpha males, doing crazy high speed, friggin' parachute, diving, riding around in fast boats, and shooting off every weapon you could think of, whereas I was just a grunt, uh, basic infantryman, one of many, you know, we were, we were good we knew our shit, but we weren't elite. And these guys, we looked up to these these uh, SEALs and uh, Force Recon guys. So I noticed that there were a few of them hanging around there. And one of them came up and sat right next to me. And he was fucking hammered. You know, these guys come from smaller units. And therefore, as soon as they pull up to the port, to pull up to the dock, these guys are off exploring. And if they got time off, they're, they're working hard, playing hard. So they are hammered. Okay just hammered, and the guy sits on the stool next to me and starts talking unintelligibly, unintelligibly. and I remember he, he was taking 
cigarettes. He was leaning on me and stuff, and I'm, I'm just trying to mind my own business, not looking. I'm not. I'm not drunk. First of all, I had a couple beer, a beer in me maybe, and uh, so I just kind of let it go, not wanting the shore patrol come in there and kick our our asses, and essentially uh, incarcerate us. Then you don't. They're not allowed out on liberty, right? Not allowed to go out in town. You're stuck on the ship. So here, uh, here I am sitting on the stool, and this guy's next to me. He's hammered. I do respect him. I see him all over the ship doing stick fighting and boxing and grappling and shooting crazy weapons. You know, I don't want to get in a fight with this guy. He's going to fucking kill me. All right? That was also some fear, right? But I, I, once again, I got to defend myself, and we're all... This is this whole pecking order thing going on. So I remember he starts putting cigarettes in his mouth. He's, he's trying to perturb me, trying to take me off my game and lose my cool so... You know, we could get into a fight, essentially. He was just that hammered that he was... He was a fucking king bully, man. I remember seeing this guy on multiple occasions. On this occasion, I was the victim. So, I'm... He's chewing cigarettes up, and then he leans over to me, and he basically lets them all drop out of his mouth onto my shoulder. And... And I wasn't going to take that, so I freaking stood up from my seat, and I stiff-armed him away, kind of in a way that, like, hey, man, this guy's drunk, some, you know, whatever, you know, not welcoming a fight, but trying to push him away from me so that, you know, just create some distance, and this, as soon as I stiff-armed him, I'm in a sleeper hold, all right, I got a guy, somebody up behind me, you know, watching this whole thing happening from the back, from the you know, back of the bar somewhere, and clearly seeing this guy act like an asshole, must have, must have been one of his buddies, he comes up, puts me in a sleeper hole, and I thought it was one of my friends or somebody just messing around, you know? Next thing I know, I wake up, I'm on the floor, the people are slapping me in the face trying to, trying to revive me. Friggin' dark, dark moment right there. My buddies are all, you know, going haywire, they're posturing up against what is an entire platoon of SEALs and Force Recon who were hanging out together that day, and these guys are, you know, capable of killing everybody in the bar many times over, but they're also shit-faced drunk, you know, and it was freaking crazy, I was ready, like, I was bewildered, I, I, I was completely out of it, I was taken, and then I, my, um, bewilderment, turned to rage, and I'm ready to fight everybody, and what the fuck is going on, da, da, da. you know, my buddies are posturing up, the shore patrol comes in, breaks it all up, I'm like out of my freaking mind, now I feel like I'm training my entire life to be this alpha male, this tough guy, and I'm getting my ass kicked in a bar within the first 30 minutes that I'm out in town, it was crazy, so I'm I'm seething about this. I get back on the ship. I'm fucking seething. Nobody knows who it was who who, who uh, yoked me, who choked me out. <clears throat> Nobody would tell me who it was. They didn't see the guy. You know, I'd recognize him maybe if I saw him, if uh, I saw him again, but so on and so forth. Um, I did see somebody out there. I do remember a few faces from guys who were SEALs who were there and were kind of ready to fight us. It, you know, everybody was drunk, so they didn't know what the hell was going on, but 
this one SEAL, I remember he was like uh, their senior enlisted, maybe a chief or something, right? So real badass, really experienced, been around. I'm fucking pissed. So weeks go by. I'm seething with this. Everybody knows that this happened. I'm embarrassed. I see this guy on the chow hall deck. Right? So this chief, SEAL. I sit down at the little shitty tables on the chow hall deck. He's sitting alone. And I say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And for the next five minutes or so, I, you know, said, broke the ice with him and said, hey, man, listen, I was out there uh, when we pulled in the port that day. I got freaking choked out. Do you know anything about this? You know, you, you should know. Basically, you know, wanted to see this guy, wanted to, whoever it was, to, um, to tell me what the guy's name was who was chewing his cigarette butts up on my shoulder and for furthermore who it was who choked me out and why and just try to make sense of the whole thing and ultimately I wanted to fight the guy in the um, the force recon guy um, I was looking for him you know I was going to go into their birthing and, and try to kill the guy and probably not live to tell about it myself right? just murderers man very good at what they did so, but it was in a predicament, man. My pride, my uh, my manhood felt was on a line. This guy was my freaking ultimate bully, ultimate met nemesis. As a quick aside, I remember seeing this guy, the same dude who was chewing the cigarette butts <clears throat> up. I remember going on a bus trip to Rome. It took like two hours to get to Rome. And Marines and sailors just pile on these two tour buses. And these guys, these Force Recon guys, were so fucking hammered. They're in the back, picking fights, bullying people, chewing, um, pissing in beer bottles. Meanwhile, the chaplain, who was a major in the Navy, was on board. He looked like a little, like a, some sort of ventriloquist dummy. He really did. And uh, I remember he was like, hey guys, Sergeant such and such, what are you doing? And they're like, fuck you. They didn't care at all. They just did whatever they wanted to do. They were that that much influenced, that bold and brazen. And I don't know if any sort of uh, discipline ever ever came of, of their, uh, was ever brought on their heads. But it should have been. Um, but, so, back to the chow hall. Here I am sitting with this chief seal, who's probably, you know, killed Lord knows how many people by this point in his career. And I'm telling him what went on and how I'm looking for this other guy. And it's fucked up that you guys are involved in this. And listen, I'm freaking some PFC in the Marine Corps. This is my first deployment. I want to be like you guys, man. I like, I like, I'd like to take an in-doc. I'd like to, I want to be on your level. And I feel like I'm, I'm training my hardest. And I, you know, you know, and I go out in freaking town and I'm getting choked out because, you know, by some drunk ass you know, uh, recon marine or Navy SEAL. And these guys were in on it too. The SEALs, they were in cahoots with the recon guys. They were, they were all out there at one another's back because they train together all the time and shit. So I was just kind of, you know, basically giving a guy a guilt trip. Like, what the fuck is this all about? Like, you know, do you talk to, are you aware that this happened? This guy's under your chain of command. Where is he? You know, because this is how he acted and this is what he, um, the way he treated me, and I'm looking for him now. Did you know about this? And 
he hadn't, I guess he, he's made like he didn't know about it. At one point he gets up and says, you want a war? And I was like, fuck. I said, I sat down. I was like, no, nah, I don't want a fucking war, man. Does it look does, like I want a, a war? I'm just some fucking, some boot PFC, you know? I don't want to die, but I, you know, I, I want to, I got to bring this to some kind of closure because I feel like a punk and because you guys are out there, we're supposed to be in the same team and you guys are acting like a bunch of fucking assholes. And he calmed down and we talked about it. And, you know, he understood. He, he said, I think he went and talked to the guy at the very least and, and called the guy on the carpet. You know, why, you know, Chief Furkin Navy SEAL, why are you out in town, you know, acting like a fucking asshole, drunk, choking out Marine PFCs? You know what I mean? In our battalion. That was absolutely nuts. So, turns out that they didn't know who the guy was who, um, who choked, who did the choking, all right, they didn't, weren't expecting it, it wasn't an act of an aggression from them, what it was, was some guy that was on the ship, that lived on the ship near these guys, and he was kissing their ass, like, you know, what are you doing with my boys, sort of shit, so he came up and choked, you know, crazy, crazy uh, conclusion to this story, year or two goes by, I'm friggin', you know, about middle of my serve, my time in service, enlisted time in service, my four years honorably served. And I was hanging out, I was single at the time, hanging out with these guys. We would go down to Myrtle Beach pretty much every weekend, just tear it up, drinking, hitting the, hitting the bars, you know, having a good old time. It was a good time in my life. I remember we had some fun time. There was a guy um, that I had met, a couple of these guys, we became pretty close. And we would just commute down there for again, swoop down there, if you will, drive real fast, a couple hours from Camp Lejeune to Myrtle Beach to, uh, to party hardy. And many stories about Myrtle Beach as well, but I was hanging out with these guys for I don't know, three, four months or whatever. And my one buddy that I served with, that I went to boot camp with, we were very, very tight, remain so to this day. He came up to me, he said, Hey, Oberst, uh, you know, the guy that, you know, the guys you're hanging out, you're going to party with, you know, I was talking to such and such, and we think we remember him from the night out in town in Rota, Spain. And we think that that guy you're hanging out with, might be one of the guys, might be the guy that came up behind you and choked you out in that bar. And I was crushed, man. I felt like for again, I, I believed him and I went looking for this guy and he had already gotten, he had just gotten discharged like that day or something. And I went looking for him like, Oh yeah, he just got discharged. He's out of here. And I do believe that this guy who choked me out in a bar in Rota, Spain, later became one of my very good friends, um, you know, that we stood side by side in some bar brawls in Myrtle Beach, or at least some confrontations, and ran thick as thieves down there, 
tearing up the town. <clears throat> so, what's the moral of that story? I don't know, man. Your nemesis, your uh, your bully. You know, I think about that story. I keep that story uh, on that occasion very close to me. I'll recollect from time to time that period of vulnerability that I experienced as a young Marine. You know, I ever pretty much everybody that I knew had gotten in some kind of altercation like that where they got their ass handed to them or or had a very close call where you know this is a, this is the world we freaking lived in man we we trained to fight and everybody had you know most of us had similar training and we liked to we were aggressive young males and yeah, as this as the phrase goes uh, full of piss and vinegar or young dumb and full of cum very crude, but very true. But there are some people out there throughout this experience that were pretty, you know, bullies, dickheads. And, uh, you know, you remember these stories forever. Just a story that uh, I like to pull out. That's a true friggin' story, my friends. And uh, I live to tell about it, thankfully. You know, had I stayed in the Marines, I've fantasize about uh, having uh, after my four years I, you know, I made rank pretty well, I did well I was in great shape it was the top of my game, I was thinking about joining the elite ranks you know, taking these indocs an indoc is basically where you go and they torture you whether it's a sniper platoon or a reconnaissance platoon whatever these guys are the, the more elite warriors out there, get the best training, all the, go to all the schools, war fighting schools and shit, that's something I always wanted to be, like a super soldier, you know, And but I did have this one bad experience with this, with these uh, SEALs and recon, force recon guys, and they probably would have killed me, but you know what, I don't give a fuck, man, maybe next time you get choked out, you know, we got to, we had a best case scenario is that Marines friggin we're band of brothers right the irony is that we're always at each other's throats you know young friggin uh, warriors killers training for the contingency anyway always trying to push one another and in the process some people got hurt uh, but it could have been much worse so look out for your nemeses train to fight train the way you prepare to friggin fight never again will I uh, you know let somebody <clears throat> chew up cigarette butts and spit them out onto my shoulder without knocking their block off and ensuring that my buddies have my back. Yes, yes? So make sure you get a good wingman. Huh!